and welcome back. Today we are continuing with our two parts, uh, our two parts for reaching their 50 plus episodes, congratulations to us, of successful student transitions. And Lee, Louise and I have been both reflecting and sharing our five key messages and thoughts taken away from the episode so far. And my reflections were in published in the, the last episode, which is 53. And Louise is going to share hers today. So I'm really looking forward to listening to what your kind of top things are, Louise. So, <laughs> Okay, well, lovely. Thank you. Nice to be here. And yeah, I really enjoyed looking back and reflecting on what we've done over the last year um, and given me, me a chance to think a bit more about it as well and sort of extend a few thoughts and ideas as well. So that's what I'm going to share today. And I want to just start with a little bit of talking around this concept of thriving, because in our title, Successful Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive, we use that word thrive and the whole purpose of these podcasts has been about preparing positively and then managing positively these transition periods such as the transition to university out into the world of work and so on and I just wanted to start by sharing a few thoughts around the word thrive because I sometimes get eye rolls when I use that word and I don't know how you're sitting there listening to the word thrive yourself perhaps just reflect a bit on that and just think what you think and how you feel when you hear the word thrive. And sometimes I'll say, why, why are you hesitating? Why are you looking at me like that? Because it's clear that people are having a kind of emotional response to the word. Um, but they often can't explain what it is. And it's interesting. It's a really interesting thing. And I sometimes wonder if it's because they feel they're not thriving, but they don't really want to say that. Or is it more, because it's usually Brits that I'm talking to, a sort of stoic British response, you know, who are we to expect to thrive? Um, and we don't thrive all the time, do we? I don't know. I think I need to do some research on this. But as I was reflecting on today's episode, I thought, well, perhaps I should start then by explaining a bit about what I mean and what we mean together as we're um, talking about thriving in this podcast. So thriving to me and I'll ask Elizabeth in a minute to share her thoughts too but thriving for me means living well so feeling good and functioning well despite the struggle and the predictable ups and downs of life it means acknowledging there's going to be good and bad times and it also means knowing ourselves well enough to be able to look after ourselves through those highs and lows you know, we recognize that life will never be perfect all the time but it will be great some of the time and challenging at others. And in any one day, even we can experience, you know, those challenging moments. And then a bit later, perhaps some more overwhelming negative moments. I think we can all relate to that. And I think times of transition, change and transition are great examples of when this polarity of life comes into full focus. And so when we talk about thriving in this podcast, the aim, I think, is to feel that overall we're thriving through this experience of change. That doesn't mean that some days we don't feel down, rough, stuck, and needing to dig deep to move forward and move on. That that all happens as well, but it doesn't mean that we don't and aren't able to thrive most, most of the time. And we learn as we go, and I think that's also important, so learning from those downtimes, that's all part of building a life in which we thrive. 
So what, what about you, Elizabeth? What does that bring to mind for you as you listen to me saying all of that? Do you know, I'm going to say it's very similar, isn't it? It's very similar that, you know, that's that kind of greeting of, oh, how are you? Okay. You know, I'm fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not okay. Usually people say I'm fine, but they really on the whole aren't. And so there's a kind of mask there. And is it about... um doing well, that's not for me, or doing well, if I say I'm doing great, what if something else goes wrong? You know, am I am I tempting fate at this point? Um, so, and we, we've also got this, this notion about, you know, oh, somebody might say, oh, I'm coping, I'm just coping with that. So it doesn't lead us into thinking, well, doing well in that, living well, feeling good, functioning well, is is that it's possible to try? It's possible to be those rather than think maybe it's not possible, but we want people to imagine that as well as some of the difficult times, there's also a really good time. Oh, I like that. I really like the idea of imagining because I know, I've noticed since I've started doing this work and thinking about it, I do think to myself more about how I'm feeling and what I'm noticing, what's good. And perhaps it's just teaching ourselves a bit also yeah. to think about, well, that actually, I've enjoyed that. So that's actually, that's a bit of thriving for me. <laughs> and we can grab those moments and then they add up to more over time. So just the prediction there about thriving and, you know, it means different, different, different things to different people. But I just thought it would be a useful way to start. We're going to use that word quite a bit. I'd say one more thing on it. Indeed, going back to that kind of evolution of the human of our mind and how we are and everything. If things were good, we didn't have to do anything. Mm. If things are dangerous, we have to act for mm. under threat or challenge or danger. So our mind can be more drawn into that negativity bias. Yeah. So this is saying that's okay to be like that sometimes, but we also need to have. I'm going to call it then a thriving bias. Look at when you're doing really well. Um, spend as much time on that as you would when you're kind of worried about things. So it's about having a balance. Like you said, you can't be thriving all the time, but neither can you be, you know, challenged and stuck all the time. Yep. Love that. Great. I love that. That summary, Elizabeth. Thank you. So Let's move on then. That wasn't a reflection at all, but probably was. So that's a bonus reflection. <laughs> bonus reflection. So reflection one, transition is a journey from settled to settled through which we learn and grow. And settled to settled comes from work that Elizabeth has done and shared in episode one way back in our very first episode. You might want to, might be interested to go back and listen to that. But now we've talked about the process of transition and we've talked about it as a process. And I like to also think about it as a journey. So we're journeying from one place to the next, one place where we're settled, hopefully to somewhere else where we're going to settle to. And in between these two points, the journey takes us through some interesting interesting terrain as it does in you know any journal any physical journey so some will be pretty beautiful and enjoyable and some will be a bit rocky and uncertain and as with travel and journeys we can't predict everything but as elizabeth said last week 
we can set our intentions, you know, what is our goal, thinking about our vision for the journey and having some idea about the direction, because that's really important that we know where we're going with any journey. And that's important also for drawing us forward positively. And we know that when we leave somewhere and make a change in our lives, it might not be leaving somewhere physically, it might just be something that is changing in our lives, we can feel sadness of what we're leaving or losing, leaving behind. Perhaps a bit of fear, which we've just talked about, that's natural, part of our human state. We have a fear for anything new, perhaps sometimes, mixed in at the same time with feelings of excitement at new beginnings. So as a student going to university, I kind of imagine you can remember that mix of, oh my goodness, this is, this is quite scary. Will I know anyone? Will I, will I make friends? But also you're very excited about new beginnings. And it's possible to experience this polarity of emotional re- response at the same time. So this process or journey is all about adjusting. You know, it's adjusting and adjusting to those goodbyes, to the new hellos, to the new beginnings, which are tied up with our hopes and aspirations. And then in between, there's kind of this messy middle that we've referred to in various podcasts, which is about exploration and discovery and finding out about our new situation. And as with all the journeys, we learn along the way. And then we can use what we learn to support us in future transitions. And so the rationale behind this podcast, Successful Student Transitions, is of course to support you, the student, through that transition that you're thinking about at the moment that's drawn you to hopefully this podcast and and to listening, but also to help you build your change template, understanding what works for you and how you can support yourself best in the future in future life transitions because as elizabeth said in her reflections our life is going to be life is full of transitions and adult experiences about 50% of their life in transition in some stage of transition there are transitions are a regular feature of life and if we reflect on what we learn and what we achieve through each transition we can then apply that learning to future change building our adjustment capability and strengths and becoming what I like to talk about, which is becoming anti-fragile, which means to grow, to adapt, to learn from change and you you develop from change. So you're not cut down by it, but you recognize the challenge and you learn and grow from it. And that builds your strength for future change. So Elizabeth, you talked last week about building that transition muscle. Can you just remind people about what you what, what you meant about that? And if there's anything else you want to share at this point too. Well, I, th- I think some of the points you've, you've really touched on there, Louise, because it's more than just, you know, making a change, moving from this place to that. It's about doing it with that intention about knowing what you're doing noticing what's working for you, notice what doesn't work for you, so that you can use that as part of that change template in lots of different transitions. I, I listened to someone talk recently. It was Michael Pollock, who's one of the um, people around third culture kids. And he, he was saying that he really likes when he hears people say, 
Remember we talked about that raft, that metaphor of reconciliation, affirmation, feel well, and think ahead when people are making changes. When people talk about I'm rafting as if it's a process thing that they're doing, mm. there's change coming. And so I would love people to be saying to me, if we're working with people, wouldn't it be great if these people say, I'm building transition muscles, you know, to know that it's a process of something, to know that that's what they're doing in these times of change. So I think we've got some, there's some good language around this at the moment. It's not, it's not, I've just changed or I'm making a move. It's about how you're doing those things in that process of change. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Okay, so moving on to reflection two. Um, I want to talk here about the value of, of thinking broadly about well-being and learning to understand what works for you and your well-being. So continuing with the journey metaphor, you know, as we travel, we need energy to propel us forward. And I like to equate that to taking care of our well-being in this journey of transition. So if we need neglect our sources of fuel we become low and energy deprived we may come to an abrupt halt (laughs) and I think perhaps sometimes we do but if we think carefully about the energy we need the source of that energy then we're probably able to cope with both the good and the challenging terrain so in times of transition when stress levels are raised it's really good to focus on well-being and consciously fuel our well-being We live in a world that loves to dream up the best or the one and only way. But the reality is we're all different. And what works well for one person may not be the only answer for another. So if we equate this to the journey metaphor, while there's always a direct route, that might not always be the best route, given our goals and what we're wanting to achieve. And that will vary from person to person. And I think that's the same with our well-being. We're all individuals, we're all unique. What works for you may not work best for me and vice versa. Therefore, our well-being is a very personal thing. And I think well-being is our ability to feel good and function well. That's a definition by Professor Huppert. And we talked in a number of the episodes about the fundamentals, which were sleep, movement, nutrition, and rest and recovery. And while all four areas are really important to us all, the exact things that we do, the exact inputs, can be different from person to person. Our well-being is very much an individual thing, and it's important in how we respond to challenge, how we manage the stress and overwhelm that inevitably hits us in our lives, because we're all going to respond to that differently too. So understanding what boosts our well-being then helps us to boost our well-being in times when we're feeling a bit overwhelmed and stressed. So I think it's really important to learn about the factors that potentially impact and enhance our well-being and then choose the ones that make us smile, feel good and function well. And that's what series three was all about. We provided the input drawing on some of the latest research and resulting suggestions about what could be good for you. But I think the important thing to remember about research is it only ever tells us about what works best for some people some of the time. It's never a blanket thing. And so we still need to take personal responsibility for deciding what is best for us. 
And, you know, okay, yes, of course. And I can hear some people saying, yeah, but there's quite clarity, there's clarity around the need to sleep seven to eight hours. And there's clarity around what we should and shouldn't eat, you know, like we shouldn't eat sugary things and so on. Yes, there are these sort of generalized rules, I think, that, that apply. And I'm talking about working within those and then making the choices for yourself. So perhaps listen to series three again and experiment and work out with work out what works best for you. Doing something you enjoy and that is good for you is so much better than doing something you hate, but you feel you must do. So Elizabeth, um, I was just thinking at this point, if you wanted to just think back to the wellbeing bucket um, and just describe a bit about that. You talked about that in the previous episode, but for people who haven't heard that. Yeah. Well, remember, our well-being bucket <clears throat> has a tap, maybe several taps, actually, and drains and holes in the bucket. And we can fill our bucket with things. And I really like the idea and the word that you said about we can experiment with stuff because it might be that you don't know these things will, will actually fill your bucket until you do them. You might be predicting, oh, that'll never work for me. But actually, you find it's something that is really helpful to you. So especially in those transition times we were talking about, things you can do to fill your bucket when you are pressed by time and lightly stressed, sometimes they kind of take a back seat. So keep them going, keep experimenting, keep seeing what is making you feel good. Notice what how those are kind of landing on you and what kind of sense your maybe mind and body's making of it. And also for the drains, know that there's going to be some drains that you can't really control, like deadlines or uh, meetings or seminars or things you've got to go to. So it's a, it's a balancing act about keeping your bucket full and not running on empty. And I think the thing that we very nicely did, and actually it was Louise's idea, was that our buckets aren't single buckets. They're, they're, everybody's got their buckets. So you may be filling somebody else's bucket or they may be yours, or you might be draining somebody else's bucket and they might be draining yours. So it's a kind of complex, that environment that you're sitting in as well. It might not just be other people's buckets, but that environment of being in a new place with new things to do, that can also be kind of draining on your bucket. So I I would go along with Louise and experiment with how things make you feel, how, you know, you know, you, you might never have thought, oh, this is going to make me feel. Remember in lockdown and everybody started baking. It was a transition lockdown, wasn't it? And people discovered they liked baking sourdough bread and they'd never done it before. It became quite a phase or, you know, a fad. So you just never know what's going to work for you. Yeah. No, I remember banana bread as well, which wasn't so positive. <laughs> banana banana <coughs> bread a day, not mm -hmm. so good for the health. Mm -hmm. So great. Thank you, um, Elizabeth. So let's move on to so for selection three then. And I love this framework. Well, I love frameworks. And I think frameworks often help for thinking things through. And we shared in episode 22, PERMA framework. PERMA framework from positive psychologist, um, Martin's, Dr. Martin Seligman. And I think it's a great one to help you think about what contributes to your well-being and why it matters. Now, we discussed all the different imp inputs to well-being in episodes 24 to 35. I'm not going to list those, but you can go back and take a look at those. 
But I guess we had the question, you know, if we're trying these different inputs, how do we know whether they're contributing to our overall, overall well-being? You know, we're thinking about that bucket concept. How do we know we're increasing the level of our well-being in our bucket? Well, I think PERMA helped provide us with a framework to think that through. So the question is, does what you choose to do help to create, create experiences that lead to you know, an, an improvement in your levels of PERMA? Let me talk you through PERMA very, very quickly. There's a full episode on this, so um, probably best to go back and listen to those. But the P in PERMA stands for positive emotions. So you know, how much does what you do you know, to enhance your well-being and create experiences that then generate positive feelings for you, positive emotions? Then the E in PERMA stands for engagement. And so the question there is, well, how engaged do you feel by what you're doing day to day? You know, what are the activities that you're getting involved in? How well do you feel you're engaging in those activities and benefiting positively from them? It's all about utilising strengths and skills in meaningful tasks and therefore finding that you're engaging positively in what you're doing. Then how does what you're doing socially day-to-day build and deepen your valued relationships? Because R stands for relationships in PERMA. And R reminds us that connection and belonging are basic human needs in life. So we're looking often to find that connection. So to ask ourselves, so when I'm thinking about relationships and friendships and spending time with people, how is this experience with these people enhancing my well-being making me feel good making feel that me feel that I'm thriving and what also is it about the things that you do day to day that give you a sense of meaning and mattering that's the m in perna perma and at the end of the day it doesn't always have to be the end of the day but end of the week how much do you feel you've accomplished and do you remember to acknowledge your successes and achievements because often we don't but this can be really beneficial to our mental well-being and that relates to the a in perma which is accomplishment and finally the h in perma well we've just been talking about that but that's back to the fundamentals and the reminder to look after the basics as the root source of fuel for your transition journey so do you nourish yourself well in the four fundamental areas of sleep nutrition movement and rest so PERMA is a framework for evaluating the value of different well-being activities. And I think that's a really helpful way of using it. But there are also some other building blocks that influence our well-being. And I think it's really important to acknowledge them here. There's some research done by a guy called Scott Donaldson, and he's identified three other factors. He was looking to PERMA and how well PERMA um, worked as a concept and some research into that. And it turns out that it does. It does actually indicate and connect to subjective well-being which is a measure of well-being but he also identified three other factors the first was environment you know environment is really important and we've mentioned that well-being is socially influenced Elizabeth was talking about that in relation to the buckets (laughs) and the buckets around each other the well-being of your friends will impact your well-being and vice versa And that's part of our environment. But then so is the space and location in which we live. So that can impact our well-being too. Also, economic security. We all know how important it is to be able to financially afford our lives and lifestyle. And so that's really important too. So those are two factors that are not so easily 
under our control and influence. And I think it's important we acknowledge these important inputs to our overall well-being. Now, the third input and aspect is our mindset, which I define as our set of beliefs that define how we see and interpret the world. And we've got several episodes that touch on mindsets and our thinking and recognize its importance in influencing how we engage with this whole topic of well-being. If we believe we can't influence our well-being personally, then we probably choose not to engage in that kind of material. So the beliefs around what we're doing and what we're thinking in relation to well-being is really important too. So turning back to the environmental and economic factors, it's important to acknowledge that sometimes, for reasons beyond our control, life can be tough and challenging. And I just wanted to make this point here, because if you are struggling for financial reasons, perhaps your housing isn't up to scratch, the standard of housing isn't good, you're struggling financially, or you're struggling psychologically, you're feeling overly sad, depressed, anxious, then it's really important to reach out for help. And you know there are plenty of services at the universities that are denying there to support you. So please don't suffer in silence, don't suffer alone, reach out for help. And we do have an episode on that, reaching out for help or asking for help. So also look for that um, for some tips. Universities have teams specially there to support and help. So please use them. Elizabeth, is there anything else you'd add in at this point in relation to I, I was just enjoying you going through the perma again. And, <laughs> and I think a bit like you, I, I enjoy frameworks. And I think this is a particularly useful one when you think, okay, I, I need to improve my well-being, but where do you start, you know? So, you know, you could just, you don't have to do it all. I mean, we all know when you go off to university or you're even starting that first job, there's lots of things you've got to keep all those balls in the air all the time. And this is saying, you know, use the 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 P out of PERMA and be thinking about how have my my emotions been positive and savor that and focus on that. Or, or you might be thinking about the A of achievement. Like, let me focus this week. I'm really going to try and achieve those things. So it can be a good way that you can um just focus on a few things rather than doing them all at once. Yeah, actually, I think that's a really important point to underline. Don't try to do it all at once. That would just be an impossible task. So, yes, choose one or two areas you know, and focus on those and just reflect on how they impact on the PERMA. And that, yeah, will have a positive impact, hopefully, too. Okay, so reflection four is that meaning and mattering matter. Um, this is one of my favourite topics, and it turns out it's one of the most reliable indicators for well-being and resilience. So when we find meaning in what we do and who we're with and where we are, we're more likely to feel good and function well. So think about how you respond to work and studying that is meaningful for you, meaningful for you in some way versus work and studying that isn't. I mean, we've all had tasks that just have to be done and we push ourselves through it. So think for a moment, take time just to think for a moment how that feels, how different that feels to when you're doing something that, oh, yes, I, you know, this really matters to me. I'm really understanding why this is important and how that impacts on how you then carry out the task. I think taking time to build out and think out the why behind what we do is really important. You know, it's that goal for the journey. So taking that analogy again, 
know, what values does what you're doing enable you to live up to as well? That's a definition of what's important to you, understanding those values. For example, this podcast enables me to honour my value of growth and curiosity because I get to do some research for each episode and to be curious about what I'm thinking about and to learn as well. And that feeds into what I feel is important in life, which is growth, personal growth and development. And also when we're working on something that's important to us, that's within our capabilities, perhaps a slight stretch there, but not too badly, we're more likely to work optimally and enter what's called a state of flow, where work just flows and we thoroughly get involved and absorbed in what we do. We look back and think about it in a very positive way once we've completed it. It felt right. And I think that's another really good reason for thinking about what means and matters to you. But meaning also goes further than the meaning that things provide for us, because we all benefit from feeling we're adding value to others and mattering in some way to others. So it's getting involved in things that that are bigger than us. So at uni, if you're at university, then that's perhaps getting involved in societies and charities and contributing and that then holds meaning and mattering for you. And if you want to think more about meaning and mattering, then there's an episode on that that you can go back to. Um, So just look back in the catalogue online and you'll find that episode. Elizabeth, I think you've got a story to share on meaning and mattering. (laughs) I have, but I I agree with you. These these things are really important. And when you think about, you know, this recent series is about people going off to university you've likely spent such a long time thinking about what you're going to do at university why that's important to you you've been writing you know your extended essays or you've been writing kind of application forms for things so you've been thinking a lot about what means and matters to you so try and take that forward don't just like leave it as part of oh I've done that bit of work then I've done it to get to where I want to. It's about continuing that on kind of through, dare I say it, the rest of your life, you know, find those things that mean and matter to you. And I, Louise said, you know, I, I do like stories. I want to read you a very short story and it's called The Pig of Happiness. And if you don't know it, um, I think it's still available. It's by Edward Monckton. We'll put a little... Um, Stab, uh, uh, an image of it on our Instagram account but it goes like this and look out listen out for how this little pig finds meaning and mattering within himself and with with other people so there was once a pig he was an ordinary pig in all ways but one thing did set him apart this thing was his distaste for the mumbling and grumbling that's the natural way of pigs I know, thought the pig, I shall become an extraordinary pig. From now on, I shall stand for everything that is light and beautiful and true and wonderful. I shall see the best in everyone and the best in everything. I shall become the pig of happiness. And so it did come to pass the next day when pig A complained about the weather, the pig of happiness went dancing in the rain. The day after that, 
and Pig B was rude about Pig C's bottom, and all the other pigs joined in. The pig of happiness gave Pig C a flower and said in front of all the other pigs that he thought Pig C had a beautiful bottom, actually. And so it continued daily. And after a while, the pig of happiness became so happy with being happy that his happiness became too big. It had to find an escape. And so it was that it began to leak and seep from inside him into the other pigs. Now all the pigs are happy and their happiness is beginning to show signs of leaking too. The sheep are laughing. Even the chickens are beginning to smile. The end. You know, it's a super little book about intentionality, about what what this pig, what mattered to him. And then he went about and did it. <laughs> and lo and behold, it, it changed him and it changed some it changed some people round about him. Now we're not saying this is always possible, but knowing that direction of where you want to go to do the things that you want to do, to try to do them, you'll never you'll never get them all completely done. But to go in the, that direction, have that compass of what matters to you is, is important. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So reflection five, our strengths are so important. And I think, you know, if there was one thing that you take away from today, for me, it is to go and think about what your strengths are. You know, we've mentioned this in passing in many of the podcast episodes, but we've not actually done a full episode on it yet. Perhaps we should do soon. There's a really great book called Work and Love by Marcus Buckingham. And it's cool premises that we need to celebrate our individuality and recognize that we all have a unique combination of abilities, skills, and strengths. Now, he makes the point that no two brains ever look the same. Um, I think you know, that reading that, I suddenly that that really sort of hit home for me about the the relevance of individuality and, and why we need to appreciate it more. But, you know, as a result of culture, social expectations, education, we're so often pulled away from that sense of pride in ourselves and what's special about us and our individuality. We feel we have to perform in certain ways, behave and succeed in certain ways and also conform in what we're doing and how we're doing things and so we can lose sight of our sense of pride in who we are and I think rather than looking in and celebrating who we are we often look out and try to emulate and be something or someone else and I think this is sad because I think as a society we need everyone's talent and there is a great motivation I think that comes from recognizing your strengths and then having the confidence to to use them, you know, recognizing what your strengths bring. Strengths bring a sense of competence, and competence feeds confidence. So there's a kind of you know a, a, a flow through for all of that. So understanding our strengths can help us to be unapologetically us and to use our talents. It helps us to recognize, you know, we all have strengths, but we all have some weaknesses as well. We're all different. And wouldn't it be a boring world if we were all the same? And so these strengths profiles that we can take assessments to understand give us our sense of individuality in this sense. And when we use our strengths, 
in our work, um, you know, if, if that's at uni or in our work, if we're in organisations, we tend to engage better in the tasks. We're more enthusiastic about what we're doing, more energised by what we do, and we perform better as well. So there are three really good reasons for understanding our strengths and then consciously applying them to the work that we're doing. And I would extend that to life generally as well. So lots of really good reasons and lots of research that shows shows that this is is so. I haven't got time to share it all with you now today. But I think it would be really helpful if there's a final thing um, at the end of this episode um, to ask you to just go and spend some time thinking about your strengths. You may already know them, so just reflect back on them and ask yourself, how well am I using them? If you don't know them, look on your careers site if you're at uni and see it often offers strengths assessment. So you could just do that. It's often free. If you're in working in an organisation, ask them whether they do any strengths work um, and take an assessment through your organisation. Or you can go to strengths profile online and take one for free. The free version gives you your top three strengths, your top three weaknesses. If there are three weaknesses, there aren't always. Um, but gives you a view of your strengths profile. It's a bit more complex that, but, but than that, but I'm not going to go through that into that now. So lots of positive reasons for thinking about your strengths. And I really recommend that as perhaps one thing you can do at the end of this podcast. Anything you'd add about strengths, Elizabeth? Just, just to remind people that it's not one of my strengths, but it's a growing strength that we've got an Instagram account. And so we're putting up things on there, some visuals and the values and action, character strengths, details are up there. If you want to kind of go online and there is a payment for that one, but there is a free version that you get a sort of minimal kind of strength profile. But yes, I think like Louise said, it's good to explore these kinds of things, you know, come up with with what's unique about you. Um, and celebrate it. And celebrate it, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say, you know, Louise, I've really enjoyed hearing your reflection today, um, you know, especially I think at that first bit when we were thinking about what does thriving mean and how it is possible for us all to do that, not all of the time, but the things that you then went on to talk about and discuss and highlight for us were ways that you can do it. So I particularly like how it all kind of, your strength was holding it all together today, presenting it in a way that was very kind of understandable and accessible um, and showing how it all kind of linked together. So I, I really enjoyed that. So thank you. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.